Hi, this is Katie, and thank you for joining me on the My Senses, My Space podcast. And today I wanted to talk about your senses and stress and how really entangled those are, I guess is the word that I want to use. Because when we are feeling stress, we are actually using so many of our senses to try to determine how stressed out we are. So it could be that um, we're feeling headaches, that we feel our muscles are tight. I know there are so many times I, I'm actually missing how, like missing that um, message to my brain of your shoulders are tight. So I have to stop, pause, and physically like release my muscles to realize that they were tight. But as I'm releasing them, that sensation is what I'm feeling um, in my muscles to understand, oh, I was a lot more stressed than I thought. We can feel this in our shoulders, in our, um, like our neck and our jaw and our, in our like kind of jaw into the ear area and into our head and around the face. Um, we could be clenching our fists. We could be, um, sometimes we can hold it in our, how we're sitting and just be tight all over. And when we aren't practicing like movement and releasing of this, um, tension, then sometimes we just aren't aware of holding it. But then when we do, we're using our senses to go, okay, release, let go, um, relax. And in a lot of meditations I've experienced, it's like, how deep can you sink your body into the bed or the floor or wherever you are sitting? And just like, how can I sink deeper into that? And that's usually helps me a lot with releasing tension now, I can't say I don't go back <laughs> to the tense, um, like, what's it called? When you're in state, yeah, I, I, I often go right back to it. But the more movement that you have and the more that you're stepping away from your stressors and just getting a pause from your stressors, the easier it can be to um, kind of de-stress and to not hold on to those. It could be... Um, also having, you know, therapy and talking through things and going, wait, there are other people who understand talking to friends and that can release some of the stress that we're having. Um, we can journal through it. So a lot of times when we are using the muscles in our hand to write something out, there can be a much deeper connection to the words that we are writing into, um, what we are thinking and expressing and can make connections on a deeper level, which then ultimately end up to deeper healing. Um, we can let out our emotions. So many times we are afraid of showing our emotions to another person. And especially if we grew up that way of like, we weren't allowed to express our emotions or it was too much for other people to see those emotions. And so they are like, go away, go do that somewhere else. Or how dare you do that? You shouldn't behave that way. You know, 
we want you as quiet and as unemotional as possible. But everyone has big emotions. Everyone can get really upset about things. And we can have different ways of sorting through those emotions, whether it is doing something physical, whether it's dancing or going for a run or biking or something like that, where we're feeling into our bodies or just expressing it to someone else so that those emotions can come out and putting names to those emotions. I am angry right now. I am sad right now. And sometimes it's very hard, especially for neurodivergent people to name an emotion. Um, I know in my life, um, when I talk to my son, sometimes he has a lot of um, trouble just identifying that emotion he's feeling right now. And I'm like, oh, you seem very frustrated. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, well, maybe it's another word for him. Maybe another word describes it better for him. Um, or maybe he is angry. Maybe he is sad. Maybe there's other layers there he's not seeing yet. And trying to talk about it. Um, and also allowing him to express emotions in front of me is a big healing thing for both of us. I want him to know that he shouldn't be like just locked away and just experiencing emotions all by himself all the time. Like that's, that's not it. It's okay to be upset and to tell someone right then and there. And it is confrontational and it's hard and it can be a lot of just how do we have this immediate interaction and relationship with another person when we are that activated and so learning how to work through those in front of somebody else is a big deal and can lower stress if you practice it more and more in that you are learning how to be flexible and how to stretch out some of those reactions. Sometimes oh, we did a ton of work with my son with like, here is, he's doing great. He's doing fine. He's playing with a toy. All of a sudden, uh, another child comes into the situation and throws off the expectations of the room, whether it was grabbing the toy or grabbing a different toy and playing in a different storyline, <laughs> you know, like my son would be playing with a dinosaur and then someone else would come in with a horse or something. And it wouldn't agree with the storyline that was in his head and there would be a blow up. And like, how do we take from the moment that we're having a good time to the moment we're upset? How do we stretch that out? How do we not jump to that's wrong? Or how do we not jump to, um, that, that can't happen next? Or what is my reaction? And a lot of it has to do with like curiosity and surprise. And so what I definitely learned from our OT, which uh, she was amazing. It was that greeting it with just surprise of like, oh my gosh, there's a horse here now. What is happening? That's, that's being curious. That's being curious. And so can we in our lives go from like, okay, things are going okay to all my, oh my goodness, there's this stressful situation that has occurred. How can we stretch that out to think about 
how to like combat it with curiosity, but also not combat it, but just um, accept it with curiosity. And what can we change to then navigate through it, not around it, but through it so that we can carry on on the other side. Um, talking about courage and being brave, I think is showing up in a way that is being fully you and being fully open to, um, the world and what the world might say back to us. So we can be like really stressed out on how we appear to others, whether it's online, um, social media, or however we're presenting ourselves to others. And we're really like concerned about what people are thinking of us, um, that can be very stressful. And then when we kind of practice letting that go a little bit and saying, you know what, I'm going to take that next step of just being me and just showing up as me today and knowing that I got me, I got my own back. Um, and that if something comes up that is confrontational or totally diverts my plans, I can greet it with curiosity and for many others, we may see someone doing this and think it's courageous or brave, but it's kind of this decision that we are going to have less fear and stress and that we are just really craving to show up as our full selves. Um, there can be a lot of like worries that we have, um, about the future, about, well, what's going to happen. Um, and like thinking, even if it's tomorrow or a month from now, or six months from now, or six years from now, we can have all these worries. And I am definitely a worrier. I just am. And, but what my husband taught me <laughs> very early on in our relationship is what can you actually do about it right this moment? Especially like right when you're about to go to sleep and you feel kind of like worried and stressed about the day and that the upcoming week or months or years you're really worried about. And I'm not um, diminishing or making light of real things happening in society that we are really worried about. Um, but what can we do about it right that moment when we're going to sleep? Like all the people we could try to call or all the things that we could try to do are, we are incapable of doing them in that moment. Like we have no access. It's like a light switch. It's, it's switched off literally because maybe it's dark too, but that we can't do anything. And when we worry right now, it's taking away from what we're allowing ourselves right now. And I'm saying this because I still need to learn it because tomorrow we're going to need our energy to fight another day. And the more we worry now, the more we focus on worry, the more we ruminate, it's more about the rumination of it. And rumination is when we, when it like goes over and over in our heads and when it starts spinning and we're frozen and we're not taking action on anything. It's just sitting there spinning whatever the issue is just over and over in our brains. And that typically happens at night because, um, 
our our willpower to push off the worries of the day and i and i say willpower in the sense of like the chemicals in our brain don't have we don't have enough to push away like um all the kind of sad thoughts the scary thoughts the worrisome thoughts we just our bodies get weak at the end of the day because we need to sleep because we need to go through the sleep cycle to replenish our our bodies so that when we do wake up we have a more positive we can't be positive 100% of the time but it's a bit more positive in the mornings of like wait this is what I can do and when you wake up in the morning and I'm learning to appreciate the morning so much more because of that hope because of that opportunity of the day of saying like I could take one little step today to alleviate some of my worries I could be proactive by it a little thing. I could call my kid's teacher. I could, um, increase my insurance or something (laughs) or, you know, something for peace of mind. Um, these are just off the top of my head. That's why I'm laughing. And, um, maybe I schedule that doctor's appointment because I am worried about something. Um, then I'm physically feeling and, or there's a new development in that of something that is being closely watched but something shifted and instead of worrying and being stressed about that, offload it a little bit, um, make that appointment, make a change, take one little step to have that stress and that worry supported. It's kind of like if there was a string, I'm just thinking out loud again, you take a string and you're kind of pulling it tight um, and it supports it on either side. But if you don't have a support on the other side, that string just falls and it doesn't have that um, other side of support. I don't know exactly where I was going with that, but maybe you do. I was thinking of just like a bridge or something. I don't know. But anyway, um, the first part, about stress though, is being very much aware of it. So practice going through your senses and seeing where stress lives in your body. So, um, a lot, uh, like you've heard, um, if you need to recenter yourself, you know, think, try to think of like five things you can see, four things you can, um, here, three things you can touch, two things you can taste, one thing you can smell, something like that. I don't remember the exact order of all those, but go through it, this awareness of your body. Think about your muscles and where that stress is kind of living in your body. It could be an upset tummy too. It could be, um, anywhere in your body. So kind of doing that body check-in, feeling where that stress is living, getting curious, getting quiet and see how your senses can tell you where to look and to tell you where you need to have some support as well and journal about it. Cause that's kind of where some of the, it's where our heart and mind are meeting and we may be very much in our brains and we may just need to get that all out on paper do a brain dump and see where the stress is living within our brain and within our body. So 
Thank you for being here. And until next time, thank you for joining me on the My Senses, My Space podcast.